Thank you very much, Sivalat. Uh, and I, I very much like the positive uh, outcome of every crisis for Ukraine. Uh, seems like every crisis moves us away from this original, totally corrupt, uh, shady scheme to transparency to more uh, market-oriented system. Uh, and hopefully the bigger is the crisis, the bigger is the benefit. So we're still to see the benefit of the last uh, crisis. Um, we have uh, to change a little bit the order of speakers because Andre has to leave early, so we ask him now to uh, make his intervention. Uh, thank you, and uh, indeed it's an interesting uh, point to... Uh, to basically highlight the importance of uh, Ukrainian crisis, or more correctly said, uh, a crisis surrounding Ukraine. Uh, and uh, indeed, there are some changes which we have observed, uh, but we need also to see some critical changes, uh, critical changes which occur not only in Ukraine, right? Because, I mean, we are talking about a crisis which surrounds Ukraine, uh, so it's not only about Ukraine. And even if we look at the um, last gas crisis, the, last uh, the latest gas crisis is extremely different from the ones which were before, because it's entirely related to the territorial dispute between Russia and Ukraine about Crimea and related Kharkiv agreements. So it becomes much more difficult to resolve than the crisis which occurred in 2009 and in 2006. Because in 2009 and 2006, whatever you would think, they were more, more to more or lesser extent, logistical crises. In 2014, we have the grass crisis which stems out of the political controversy and political dispute, including the territorial dispute between Russia and Ukraine. Then another thing which we observe is a total marginalization of the energy charter with even some negative effects. Indeed, there was a positive role of the European Union institutions, especially the European U Commission, on uh, mediation between Russia and Ukraine. But note, no of the EU representatives actually mentioned or referred to the energy charter. In addition, Ukrainian parliament during the last year, uh, sometime in July, voted a motion on the possibility to cut transit, which is a direct violation actually of the Article 7 of the energy charter. So, fortunately, it was not implemented, but still we see discourse which basically elevates, aggravates the political dimension of this concrete economic situation. As a result, we also observe that the crisis put the Russian biggest uh, exporter, Gazprom, basically export monopoly Gazprom, into extremely tricky situation because Gazprom is somehow stuck within the political choices of the Russian Federation, has to swallow the, the territorial conflict and transfer it, basically attempt to resolve it by itself, <coughs> having a very uh, bad situation at the political level domestically, not a better situation with Ukraine, and a worsening situation with the European Union. On the European Union side, we also observe very 
interesting trends with the politicization of uh, gas markets, an increased willingness to pay for non-economically viable projects. Although the gas demand is declining and the prices are not corresponding to what is actually invested into the pipeline infrastructures and interconnectors. So we actually see a clashing logic between, between, between sorry, what is a political logic and what is economic market logic, right? So very briefly on what could be the solutions. Obviously, uh, the territorial crisis, the territorial dispute between Russia and Ukraine and so on, I don't want to touch upon. Uh, but it's important to understand that in 2014, we opened a new page in the gas relations between Russia and the European Union and Russia and Ukraine. At the same time, there are some issues which could be discussed at this level of development in order to avoid worsening of the crisis. And I would say there are two volets, two sides of the uh, options. One is to re-involve Gazprom and basically Russian Federation into various discussion forums such as uh, Gas Advisory Council, which has been frozen since last year. Also, the South Stream uh, story showed that actually intra-European uh, regulatory modes are not always compatible for the new pipeline infrastructures. So this kind of issues should be relaunched on the table. On another hand, it is what actually I often argue in uh, Moscow or with Russian stakeholders, Gazprom should give up on its export monopoly. Because note that other sectors of Russian energy exports, such as oil and coal, do not produce the same politicization in Europe, mostly because they are not monopolized on the Russian side. So these issues that I invite you to uh, debate, and I thank you very much for your attention.